Hi everybody, I'm Joseph Walter, and this is Loving Theology. So we know that God wants to have a conversation with us. We said as much last time. But the actual experience of this, in walking it out, often leaves us uncertain of whether or not we've actually heard his voice and he started a conversation with us, or if it was just our own thought and prayer. I've got an incredible analogy that I'm so excited to share with you from our own immune system about how we learn to recognize his voice. I think it'll really help you as it helped me understand how we developed that capacity and I think it'll also be an inspirational picture of what we're aiming for. But like with any analogy, I want to start with first establishing a solid foundation on the scriptures so that we can see the pattern for this analogy. In John 10, verse 3 and 4, Jesus is explaining his relationship to us as that of a good shepherd with his sheep. He says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So this is where God promises to speak to us but also promises that we'll recognize whenever he is speaking, for they know his voice. When we look at that word know, it comes from the Greek root edo. It means basically to perceive. Imagine that someone was talking to you. They said something that you didn't quite get at first, but then eventually you said, oh, I see what you mean. In other words, you saw or you perceived what they meant. What I love about the use of this word here is that it communicates a type of knowledge that isn't immediately obvious. And we talked some about this last time in the story of Gideon, but eventually we're able to perceive that he was speaking to us. Not everyone does perceive that God is speaking to them. In Job 33, 14, God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. Again, using that word perceive. So how do we end up on the right side of the fence, so to speak, where we do perceive that God is speaking to us? Jesus explains it further in that passage in John chapter 10. Verse 14, for example, where he says, I know my own and my own know me. And then in verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So there's this root of knowing God in order to recognize his voice. And the word that's used for know here is different than the one that's used in verse 4. The know that's used here is rooted in gnosko, to know something or someone personally, through personal experience. So to put it simply, in order to recognize God's voice, in order to recognize that God is speaking to us, we have to know him through personal experience. How do we get to know God through personal experience. What does that look like? I think that the best picture for this is actually illustrated by the way that that word know, gnosko, was used in Jewish culture. It's the same word in Matthew 1.25 where it describes that Joseph had not yet known Mary. In other words, he hadn't yet been physically intimate with her. Now we know that God has given us marriage, and I think even intimacy within marriage, as a picture of certain aspects of our relationship with him. We talk some about this in our post titled God's Faithfulness is Love. That there's a pattern there that can help to inform our relationship with God and how we get to know him personally. Intimacy within marriage requires vulnerability, and I'm talking more broadly, not just physical intimacy, and it ultimately produces something that is both enjoyable and meaningful. Intimacy with God carries these exact same attributes. In order to be intimate with God, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. We can't hold back our sin or try to hide it, and we can't hold back our heart in one way or another or try to avoid a certain conversation. We have to be willing to put our heart on the table and pursue him fully. That's something that we talked about in our post titled Hearing God. That vulnerability is what leads to these connections in prayer where we get to know God personally, where we can hear his voice and learn to recognize him. And I think that it's these moments where we experience the most meaningful change in our lives. These are the moments where we can't help but smile and worship or prayer whenever he gives us something that we can feel in our heart. It's enjoyable. The analogy that I have for you is built on this foundation. Our immune system basically uses our DNA to determine whether something is a part of us or a foreign infection. 
The challenge with this though is that there's a pregnancy complication where a woman's immune system will attack the baby as if the baby were in foreign infection. This is because the baby has their own unique DNA. God's design for conception and pregnancy has many aspects that help to mitigate this risk. But the most incredible part that I'd like to focus on today is that one of those aspects operates prior to conception. Whenever a husband and wife are intimate and his sperm are deposited on her cervix, something amazing happens in her immune system. Her white blood cells will rush down to her cervix to analyze that sperm. Each sperm contains a sample of his DNA, a sample of who he is. As her immune system analyzes that, it's able to learn her husband's DNA, such that over time, her immune system is able to recognize any child that's conceived by her husband as her and her husband's baby, rather than as a foreign infection. This incredible design has been shown to reduce the risk of preeclampsia by more than twofold in some studies. So you see, a woman doesn't always become pregnant as a result of intimacy, but each time she's learning her husband's DNA just a little bit better, so that whenever she does become pregnant by him, she'll be able to protect and nourish any child that's conceived, rather than rejecting it as a sickness. Similarly, any time that we spend time with God and are intimate with him, he gives us his word. And that word contains his DNA. It contains a sample of who he is. And as we analyze that word and get to know who he is, then we're better able to recognize whenever he is speaking to us that that's a gift of life from God and that it needs to be protected and nourished rather than rejected by doubt. Developing the capacity to recognize his voice grows little by little each time that we're in his presence, getting to know him through personal experience. Whenever we're in worship and we feel that emotional experience of his love for us, that's him impressing upon us his DNA, who he is. Whenever we're in prayer and we're asking those questions and we feel his answer that illuminates a part of our soul. Whenever we're reading the Bible and we see the way that he loves his people and therefore the way that he loves us, we get to know who he is. And as a result, whenever he does speak to us, we can recognize that that is his voice. That sounds just like him. That is exactly what he would say. Next time, I'd like to pull this series together by talking about what are the benefits of having a conversation with God and what does it look like to be God's friend. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out. Thank you for joining us today.